1: My next guest on Late Lunch today was unceremoniously sacked by the Sunday Times in 2017 for alleged anti-Semitic observations in an article he wrote on gender pay differentials within the BBC, incidentally against his better judgment and at the suggestion of his page editor. What followed, I remember it well, was a frenzied worldwide dismemberment of a journalist and a career that had contributed so much to the greater good, especially here in Ireland ireland kevin myers recalls his demise and so much more in his new memoir which i just finished reading last evening kevin delighted to have you with me on the show
0: that's a lovely introduction thank you very much
1: not at all you're very welcome i mean every word of it i take it you regret not sticking to your guns and not doing what you really didn't want to do as i said there did you ever acquiesce to an editor like that before
0: you t- you tend to, and just to, to remind your listeners the the background, I, I proposed that particular week doing two different subjects. Mm. Um, my page editor insisted, repeatedly insisted, that I do the issue of the the page dif- pay differential within the BBC. Now the the rule was that I would write about Irish issues, and I pointed this out. I don't write about British issues because it's outside the area. Of my natural kind of interest, no matter where I was born, what I would specialize would be in Irish matters. But he said, no, you must do this. And so I finally capitulated. And whereas um, there is often a negotiation in, 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 in when you discuss what. Is going to be written about. Here was pretty hard line. He insisted on this and I capitulated. I didn't have to capitulate. I could have said, no, I absolutely refuse to do this, but I didn't. Mm. And I did refer to the fact that the two of the, the best paid women in, in, in the BBC were Jewish. Now, I actually then said, it was a compliment there, chutzpah, which is a, a Yiddish word, which yes. is, you know, standing up for yourself, having spirit. Being, you know, defending your own interest, and I, I congratulated them on that, and it was a genuine congratulations I wasn't being sardonic. I wasn't mm-hmm. being anti-Semitic, and the Jewish people of Ireland know that because they have remained my very close friends. But the, um, the, I filed that column one day early, on Thursday. I normally have to file on on Friday, so they, they, they were in no doubt what I had said because they came back to me on the Thursday. Saying, are you sure they're jewish mm. so they were in no doubt i'd refer to the religions of the two women yes and uh, so they had all much of thursday all day friday all day saturday to deal with this it was read by two people in dublin and three in london and no one raised any objection so when it appeared online on sunday morning or just after midnight um immediately people started tweeting that it was anti-Semitic. I can only conclude there was a tip-off within the Sunday Times uh, that I was vulnerable. Mm. And by 9 o'clock in the morning, uh, my career was over and my international reputation was beginning to be destroyed. At no point was anyone in, did anyone in the Sunday Times contact me and say, um, listen, we are in trouble here, we've got to talk about this. They publicly sacked me without any conversation, even though Sunday Times management knew what I'd written and knew that they were in part to blame for it. They authorised the publication of that column. I didn't.
1: And did anybody else pay the price you paid?
0: Nobody paid any price. Nobody paid any price whatever.
1: It's shocking, I, I have to say. And and as well as that, um, the way that former colleagues and others in this business lined up to actually kick you when you were down, was unbelievable. That must have been really difficult to take.
0: Well, it was astonishing because it told me that uh, when the pack forms, <clears throat> there is no mercy. And it seemed for many people, survival was dependent on their being seen to be a member of the lynch mob. And they lynched my reputation, domestically and internationally too. Mm. Now, the w- one of the things that was alleged about me was that uh, I was a Holocaust denier. Now, this is based on a column that I, I had written 10 years before. And the, one of the terrible things about the Internet is no matter what you've done or said in the past, it's available for discovery. And I had said in a quite complex article that um, even if you abolish Auschwitz, you know, the majority of Jews were not murdered in concentration camps. They're not, their fate is not encapsulated in the term Holocaust, which means burning in um, and, and the same word as caustic, it means burning. And uh, I said that they were murdered. They were cold-bloodedly murdered. They were butchered. They were burnt alive in their, their synagogues. They were slaughtered. The children were lined up machine gun. It's horrific. It's much worse than Auschwitz itself. So I, I happen to use the term Holocaust denier because it's not all about the Holocaust. That term was isolated uh, on the internet, and I was turned into a Holocaust denier, which the Guardian repeated and so did RTE News. RTE News called me a Holocaust denier in, in, in introduction to um, a man called Gideon Feltcher who didn't know anything about me. Suddenly he was told by RTE News, and he makes it his business, good for him, to hunt out anti-Semites. He had been told I was an anti-Semite and then learns on air that I'm a Holocaust denier. So obviously he joins in my destruction with RTE. So now lies had taken over my complete life. And still have. But it you won. Has, you
1: ultimately won. You took RTE on and you went the whole way. You demanded an apology which really didn't meet w- what was required and you had to go to the courts. And they paid a massive price for this, I have to say. They really did. I'm interested in this, Kevin.
0: I'm, not, you- I'm not allowed to discuss the details.
1: Uh, I, I No, I'm, and I'm not going to go into that. But here's what interests me. This book, and what we're talking about today, and I want to move on to other aspects of it. Um, you. Will you... Will you or, were you, or will you be invited on to any RT television or radio programmes to discuss it?
0: I was invited on to Claire Byrne's programme to discuss it, and I don't know why the invitation was there, because it was withdrawn at the last minute.
1: That's strange, isn't
0: it? it, was, well, it what it meant was that w- 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 they demanded and got an undertaking that um, she would have a monopoly, Claire Byrne's programme, our would have a monopoly on me. Mm. Um, And having got that uh, undertaking so that we had said no to other people, um, we then, not her, I don't know who made the decision, but within the program making process, they withdrew the invitation just about at the last minute on the Friday when I was scheduled to go in on the Monday morning.
1: So you were willing to go in on an Absolutely. exclusive basis that they had you first and then you would go elsewhere and that was withdrawn late in the day. Yep. Okay, interesting to clarify that. Look, uh besides the incident and I'll come back to it before the end, your life when I read this book I th- I want to say to listeners Get this book. You'll enjoy it because, Kevin, I want to tell you, 79 to 2020 is me. It's my lifetime as well. I started work in 79. I followed this book with such interest because you reminded me of so many things. Look, Beirut, the Balkans, Belfast, you've been all over the world in the front line. But what I want to talk to you about is the good, the bad and the ugly on the cold face here in Ireland. Tell me this, Kevin, when I read your book, when I th- think about the issues like the sweepstakes and the con that that was, Hawhey and all that he brought with him, subsequently the banks. I think of John Delaney uh, today in modern Ireland. Is this country just rotten to the core?
0: I don't know whether it's more rotten than other societies, but it's our duty in our business to reveal what we know, know, to to expose corruption and dishonesty. And one of the arguments... justify the colossal expenditure on the tribunals was that the tribunals would prevent criminal kind of activity again. And we know now from the management of our banks 10 years ago, or rather more than 10 years ago, 13 years ago, that criminal irresponsibility was not in any way thwarted or prevented or diminished by the tribunals. So there is an appetite for corruption in Ireland, and there's a tolerance of corruption. And the very, you know, the, every, in so many areas of Irish life, we know there's a tolerance of injustice. We know that fiscal malfeasance is accepted, and we, we know that, you know, throughout the history of the state, you mentioned the hospital sweepstakes, um, which was completely rotten from the top to bottom and was run by a man called Charlie Dalton, who was a serial murderer from 1919 through to 1923. His last killings were as um, a free state officer um, when he was just 22, and he was at that point equivalent of a major or a commandant. And he picked up three teenage boys who were put posting anti-treaty posters in, in, in Kilmainham and took them up to the Red Cow and shot them both using his service pistol. And he then helped to found the, the hospital sweepstakes. So all the way to Hohi, taking money from um, so many companies. And now, uh, let's, let us remember, that it is decent people reveal the truth. It was Margaret Heffernan, essentially, who blew the whistle on 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 Horry on, on and brought about the, his downfall and the downfall of his reputation and the downfall of that kind of pyramid of dishonesty. Margaret Heffernan is still in charge of Don Stores. So you, if, you, you, we have to look at the bad, we also have to look at the good and the people who are prepared to stand up for the truth. And uh, n- numbers of journalists have been prepared to stand up for the truth. However, that can't be said when it came to uh, what happened to me. Journalists either stayed silent or they joined in the lynch mob. Um, There's a couple of exceptions in Ireland, Uh, Owen Harris comes to mind, in Britain two or three, Um, but most of all uh, they didn't. So the the appetite to tell the truth is not as strong as it should be. And the appetite and the desire to tell the truth is clearly absent in uh, uh, political circles because the Taoiseach of the time, uh, Leo Varadkar and the Thornister, uh, Francis Fitzgerald, both of whom joined in the lynch mob, knowing they must have known this was untrue that I am not an anti-Semite because the Jewish representative council would not have come out as strongly as they did in my support. So you do wonder about the values that are espoused in Irish life, you know, which are publicly espoused, and then how are those values lived up to in the way that we live our lives?
1: Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Look, the other thing is this. You you really are, you know, at the what would I say, at the mercy of litigation as well and the power of the wealthy who own a lot of media. And, you know, they want it uh, said in a certain way. And litigation is a big thing as well. Really, today, it's very hard and more difficult, would you say, to do the job of honest to goodness journalism, digging deep, revealing the truth than ever.
0: Yes, it is exceptionally difficult because of our libel laws, which probably the most draconian in in, in in the anglophone world, and might be in Europe. It'd be hard to know. Uh, but certainly the um, the Beef Tribunal came about because journalists were essentially prevented from telling the truth about what was going on in the beef industry. And um, it's not as if in the, the course of the last 30 years with the tribunals going on, and all the revelations going on about the skulldoggery uh, within our banks, that we have made things better we haven't made things better we just don't know what's going on anymore but are people suddenly have they been transformed are they now going to behave like the guardian angels uh, i doubt it i doubt it very much mm. and how many people have been sent to jail for what happened to our economy in 2007 2010. virtually nobody virtually and nobody that is one, the problem two or three executives in one mm. bank
1: that, that, that was it at the end of the day. The other thing is, and you refer to it in the book, this thing of political correctness that has been on the horizon for a while and not being able to speak your mind either, because that mob you refer to are out there and you have to, you know, step into line or if you say anything or question anything today, you know, you're, you can be just destroyed overnight like you were.
0: Yeah, and uh, one of the shocking things is that um, this, the mainstream media will go along with the mob and the, the tempestuous and intolerant rages of, of the social media. Now, we know that there is no responsibility in social media. We know these people are nameless, and they're often nameless cowards. So their opinions shouldn't be taken into account. Yet they are repeatedly mainstream newspapers and, and, and radio programs and television programs will use the, uh, uh, the brainless assertions of these dimwitted thugs uh, you know, at the bottom of the television screen, or they'll read them out in the, in the course of a, a radio program, so-and-so. Not so-and-so by name. Uh, somebody says, oh, Kevin Myers is a halfwit. Well, we good rid of Kevin Myers. Okay, my name is Kevin Myers. What's your name? Where do you bloody well live? We don't get any of that. Mm. So if you allow anonymous bullies and thugs and cowards and dimwits to dominate your media, don't be surprised... If you're losing your audience, if people want to have filth, they can get that free online. They don't have to listen to any radio station or read a newspaper. Now, and the fact is, all newspapers have gone down the path of kowtowing to the social media. And the, the result is the death of those mainstream media.
1: Mm. Mm, It's a really good point you make. Look, there's so much in this book I could spend so much time, which I want to acknowledge the great work you did for the Irish soldiers who were ostracised for decades, who fought in the Great War and subsequent wars, and your part in the revival of Island Bridge, where the Queen came with Mary McAleese. I love that story in the book. And when you went back to Buckingham Palace, I'm not going to give it away. You've got to get this book, folks, and read it. You'll love it, I promise you. But before we finish, I want to talk to you about Monica Carr. I was reading it and when (laughs) I have to tell you I googled her immediately you got me that much Kevin
0: I didn't know about the story. It's a, the story I told was because it's it's it's. I'm am am I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, I was a young male once upon a time. I had the same interests and appetites as any young male ha, had, and I did tell the story of, of, of this woman who was of, old enough to be my mother. Not not, not going to give the whole story. No, don't don't don't. But the but the, uh, the point is, I am not a, a perfect human being. I am flawed, and I, I at times I surrendered to my appetites. <laughs> and that's just one little example of, of something. I thought it added a, a kind of merry little tone to it my, did. my memoir it and did. It, it was
1: respectful well well. Monica said yes Frankie Byrne said no and the Norwegian journalist in the Fiat you've got to read it folks, it's brilliant this book has everything and I'm delighted you've brought it out and fair dues uh, to and Press, your publishers for bringing it to life I highly recommend it to my listeners today it's called Burning Heresies A Memoir of a Life in Conflict 79-2020 to 2020, by Kevin Myers Kevin, we're missing you I you're hope you're man, back I you hope much. you're back I really do well, Louise is a good, good good good, 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 woman too She is she's great I know that Thank you so much for joining thank me I, I wish you. you well with the book Thank you Thank you Bye bye Take care Bye bye That's Kevin Myers there Burning Heresies A Memoir of a Life in Conflict It's a cracker folks I just finished it last night and I enjoyed it so so much
0: Here's a cool fact A crocodile can't stick out its tongue